Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm a feminist, but I secretly like the film Pretty Woman and in truth am open to the idea of Richard Gere paying to enter me on a grand piano. I am a feminist... But when I recently fell asleep in my hotel room, I realized that my pillow smelled of men's perfume. I fell asleep pretending that the pillow was Dr. Jackson Avery from Grey's Anatomy, played by Jesse Williams. (laughs) What would you do if I told you I had him here tonight as a secret guest? I'm a feminist, but I would go on and put on makeup. I'm a feminist, but I've gone back and doctored TV scripts I've written to make sure they pass the Bechdel test (laughs) by changing police officers to women and giving them names. (laughs) I'm a feminist, but when I recently arrived to my hotel room, I realised that the perfume I had bought was actually a man's perfume... (laughs) So I sprayed it on my pillow. I'm a feminist, but I recently bought a product which claims to make your eyelashes as long and thick as false eyelashes that was in packaging that said, happiness guaranteed. (laughs) 
And then after Brexit, I looked at the package and thought, that was a lie. <laughs> but in fairness, I haven't used it much. <laughs> Maybe I should have used it nightly as recommended. <laughs> and we wouldn't be in this mess. It's all your fault. <clears throat> I'm a feminist, but I now own a hotel pillowcase.
I grew up being like that, like this sweet little girl. Like my grandparents would always brag that I never cried, as if that was like a normal thing. So after years and years of therapy, <laughs> dealing with uh, repressed feelings of anger and sadness, I only had like a few years of just feeling normal until I became a feminist and then anger became just like part of everyday life. <laughs> so I thought, but I still have that in me like that, like, you know, I'm not that good at asserting myself. So I thought my challenge would be when someone does something that I don't like, instead of just laughing it off, because I'm also careful about not being the angry feminist or the, you know, the crazy bitch or the, uh, the hysterical woman. Like you don't, because that, that's a stereotype about feminism in, in a lot of cases and I just didn't want to be that so I've always kind of laughed it off whenever something was making me really angry so I thought what if I don't do that um, fortunately something happened <laughs> I'm so lucky uh, <laughs> I did a gig in, uh, in another country and the gig was four hours away from the airport so we had to be driven me and another uh, comedian who's a man male comedians they're, they're out there <laughs> you heard support them and uh, so the promoter came and picked us up and uh, drove us four hours to this other town uh, I couldn't speak the language it was a, another place we were kind of completely reliant on this promoter to pick us up and take us around and all of these things he had been a great guy the promoter the night before he had been really really nice and, and he felt very safe and normal and all of those things then the next night he got drunk and he started being a bit just like creepy, like he would say to the male comedian, he'd say, oh yeah, I, I can't hug Sophie because it would just be sexual. And I, I said, no, 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 <laughs> please don't say that. And I thought that doesn't count. Like, it doesn't count that I mumble something, like, like that doesn't work. I need to say this uh, for real. So the next night uh, he had, was drunk again and he came up to me and he, he hugged me from the side and that's not really a hug because that's just someone like holding your arms in like to your body. That doesn't count as a hug. <laughs> that's not a hug. <laughs> that's a hostage situation. <laughs> and and he's like a huge, huge man, like very, very muscly, very, very tall. I mean, he could break me in half, and that's saying something. <laughs> Usually, I kind of just go, <laughs> but I went, uh, "Don't touch me." And something just changed in this, like, in his face. And I think a lot of women will recognize that change. And he went completely ice cold and he said, I will touch you if I want to touch you. And I said, that is rapey. And that was the best word I could think of in that situation. I completely froze. And he grabbed me again and held me really close. And he said, it's just a hug. I'm just hugging you. As if to show me I can do this to you. And I was completely frozen because whenever I like laughed it off, that would kind of, in my head, that would be like me convincing myself that, you know, I was agreeing to it somehow. But then saying stop and having that disrespected, I had nothing left. I was just vulnerable and so angry and so scared. And he had to drive us all the way back to the airport the next day. And during this uh, trip, this four hour trip, guys, he was really, uh, he was really sad about what had happened. Uh, so he kept like mocking me going oh yeah guys remember when uh, Sophie called me rapey <laughs> and he would look at me and laugh like he was like insisting that I would start laughing which is something you will just do because you're in his car he's a big guy you're in a country you don't know you know you just go <laughs> and the when we got to the airport the other comedian said are you okay and I was like no I'm not that wasn't cool and he said oh you know he's 
he means well. He just, he's just strong and you know, he just, that's just his way of dealing with things. And it made me so angry and I got, it's weird because that's all you're left with in that situation. When someone oversteps your boundaries, when someone disrespects your no, when you're not heard, when you're not respected, that you have nothing, you have no power. I felt so, so powerless and it's terrifying. And all I had was this anger because it was no longer a hug. It was him asserting his like, physical superiority. And that's terrifying. And the thing is, it didn't have to happen. There are other men in that room and they saw it and they could have stopped him. And that makes me so angry because I don't want to need other men to feel safe. Like I don't want to need that other men act so that I get my body back. I get that being diplomatic and being nice and taking on the trolls and just explaining sexism to mansplainers and manspreaders and whatever. Like, I get that that's a good way of doing it and that gets more people on board. But I can't keep pretending to not be angry. <laughs> it's weird, like, you sound like an angry feminist. Of course I fucking do, because every single time I state my boundaries, I get reminded that my body isn't mine. It just doesn't work anymore. It's like I looked up hysterical. Uh, hysterical means being unable to control your feelings or behavior because you're extremely frightened uh, or angry. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm hysterical and angry and I'm okay with that now because I don't, sweet little girls don't get anything done. But maybe hysterical, angry, crazy bitches do. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the stage, Deborah Francis White. The thing that puts me off having children most of all, I think, is uh, uh, not long ago I was standing in the street uh, with a friend and uh, we're chatting and she got a call on her phone. She said, sorry, I have to take this. And, uh, and she went, hello? Yes, well, I don't. No, I didn't. Well, I, well, I didn't say that. Well, well... Well, I can't tell you every time I'm on the television. Well, why can't you look in the Radio Times like everyone else? No, I've shown you how to use iPlayer. I've shown you how to use iPlayer twice. No, well, I can't talk about that now. I'm with my friends. Bye, Mum. <laughs> I mean, that. That's the reward. That's the end game. That's them grown up. I can't tell you every time I'm on the television... In a way, you can, because that person invented you in their stomach and then grew you and then you sucked off them like a parasite and then they pushed you when you were the size of a watermelon out of a hole the size of a tampon and then, then you fed off them like an external parasite for some time even before anything got hard that's before you started being able to hold your own stupid head up and like get to things that you wanted to put in your mouth to poison yourself with like really I can't tell you every time I'm on the television why can't you look at the radio times like everyone else because she made you she doesn't look at the fucking radio times like everyone else she's not everybody else is she I just go mm, if you can be irritated with your mother in minutes of spending time with her irritated in minutes of spending time with your mother go mm. Hours, if it's more like hours, go mm. days, weeks, months. 
So most people in this room are irritated by their mother in minutes. Can't bear to be in the same room as that person. And you ask, I know, I ask people why? Why do you not like your mother? Why do you find her irritating? Why do you find her irritating? Oh, she's so emotionally needy. So needy. She's so needy. She's so emotional about everything. Yeah. Let's be very clear. You'd be emotional about any human being who, for the first 12 years of your friendship, had followed you around like a tiny coke addict going, I love you, I need you, I love you, don't leave me, I love you, I love you. don't leave me, don't leave me, oh, don't go out, don't leave me, don't leave me, don't leave me. And for the next six, had gone, shut up, I hate you. <laughs> and then, for the rest of your life, had gone, well, I can't tell you every time I'm on the television. I've shown you how to use iPlayer, I've shown you how to use iPlayer twice. Oh, really? Really? See what you're doing there, madam, holding a glass, guess who taught you to do that? Your mum. <laughs> Sitting up, right? Guess who taught you how to do that? Your mum. Sir, over there, not pissing yourself right now. Guess who taught you to do that? Your mum. I've shown you how to use that play twice. Really? What if she said that? I've told you how to say your own name twice. I've told you how to use a spoon without getting it in your right twice. That's it. That's it. And do you know the worst thing about this routine? The worst thing is somebody took that bit, which is, oh, you complain your mother wants you to help her with her computer, but she showed you how to use a spoon. And that has become a meme on the internet, so I can't do this routine anymore because everybody now thinks I've got it off Facebook and I haven't. Facebook got it off me. Or, a worst-case scenario, somebody else thought of it and put exactly the same thing up, which means I'm not original. And that's why, and that's why I'm angry, and tonight's show is about anger. <laughs> It's also why I'm not sure if I want to have kids. <laughs> My challenge is on a sort of similar theme, I suppose. I worked uh, with a man who's taller and posher than me, and he would get angry. I would never really know what would trigger it, but sometimes he would just get really, really angry. And I would sort of imagine myself lying on the ground uh, with my face down, with my hands over my head, like waiting for it to pass, like waiting for a storm to go over. And I would say anything that I thought would help put the fire out, and it just wouldn't. It would just get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And sometimes I'd say, I just, can, I, can you just stop? Can you just stop? Because he would berate me and berate me, and he would never apologise. I sort of tried to process it and I thought it's because I spent my teenage years to my early 20s as a Jehovah's Witness and my life was entirely run by men who made all the decisions for me. And then I saw another woman I was working with, a man was unaccountably, just flew off the handle at her. It was not her problem. It was nothing to do with her. She had done nothing wrong. And the next day I saw her really being nice to him, implicating him and offering him something. And I said, why are you being so nice to him when he was so horrible? And she said... Oh, because he was angry with me, and it's my problem, because I'm the one that feels it so keenly. He, he won't care, but I can't have him be angry with me, so I've got to fix it. And I thought, well, I know my thing. I know my, why I need to stop angry men being angry and placate them in every way I can. And I thought, why does she feel like that? And then I remembered that she'd been sexually assaulted and she was going through a court case. And then... I saw another woman and I thought, why? And then I remembered that she'd had an abusive boyfriend. And I thought, do you know what? If it's not a cult, 
it's an alcoholic father, it's an angry boyfriend, it's somebody, it's something in our backgrounds that's made us try to placate men or laugh along or do whatever it takes. And so I'm trying now to process my feelings and just say it's okay to be angry sometimes and it's okay. Um, I don't want to express it in a way that is completely unfettered, but I want to feel it when I'm feeling it and to be able to intelligently say I'm angry and own it before it sort of escalates and I've suppressed it so much and then it turns out to be hysterical or weepy or and then I feel like I'm crying and I'm emotional. So my challenge I'm going to do right now and it's about being able to say I'm angry. So and I'm, I'm angry about something this week so I'm going to talk about it. So I'm angry about Brexit. I am angry that entitled, smug, privileged, powerful men got in a big red bus and told poor people lies so that they could have even more entitled, smug, privileged power, even though they knew it would make those poor people poorer. I'm angry at those men. I'm angry at myself that I was complacent, that I knew that the inequality in wealth and property and opportunity was getting worse and I didn't do anything about it, not just because I didn't know what to do, but because I benefited from it. I'm angry at myself that, in truth, my own most immediate and fearful reaction is, what does this mean for me? What will my flat be worth? Will there still be fun and easy, high-paid work for me? I'm angry that most of my middle-class friends are angry with the poor, disenfranchised people who were told lies. I'm angry that British citizens and residents are being shouted at on buses because they look and sound different. I'm angry that racism and fear of human beings who are from somewhere else is the outlet for those who have been fed on a diet of Rupert Murdoch's poison for too long. I am angry at Rupert Murdoch, who knew he would have more influence on Number 10 Downing Street than Brussels and so incited racial hatred in his tabloids to split us up. I'm angry that today I watched the President of the European Commission in the European Parliament shout at Nigel Farage, Why are you here? Why are you here? In exactly the same way Polish people are being shouted at at British bus stops. I'm angry not because he was shouted at, I want to shout at him too, but because it was virtually the first time in my life I felt unwelcome somewhere because of my nationality. It made me realise I may not be welcome in Europe for a while because of my accent, that people might shout, why are you here, at me in Paris or Frankfurt or Madrid. I'm angry that it has taken feeling like this for us to do more than post stuff on Facebook. I am angry that most of us will continue just to post stuff on Facebook. I am angry that there is not more room for women in our society, that diversity of thought and emotional intelligence and biochemistry is not deemed necessary or in some cases desirable because women are deemed an unknown quantity in leadership and that we continue to trust straight white men with almost all the decisions and influence, even though they have shown us time and time again that as a homogenized, unsupervised group, they make terrible, unsustainable decisions which tank the economy and the environment and everything for everyone. I am angry. I am angry. And if I feel this anger and bring it out into the light, maybe I can turn it into action and hope and power.
if I had learned to express emotion, I would. <laughs> that, wasn't that means a lot to me, so... <laughs> something just really quick uh, when I when I was in therapy for my anger uh, that we took like one whole session where she like told me to like, like really dig in deep and uh, like find all that anger from my childhood the anger I never felt and then she just I mean recklessly just sent me into the street and, <laughs> and I, uh, the first thing I did was I, I met with my best friend in the entire world she's still my best friend in the entire world and she said oh where do you want to go and I said oh I feel like a pasta and she said oh, I just don't want pasta and I swear to god I punched her in the face <laughs> I feel really ashamed that I did that and I was like I'm so sorry that was for my grandfather <laughs> she, she's forgiven me and we're fine but it was I mean when you do feel it it's so fucking powerful a lot can happen in three years like a chatbot may be your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Uh, shall we bring in our guest? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Oh, I, oh, fuck. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, oh do you want to introduce? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lolly Adifopi is a British character comedian, and she is hilarious. She was voted the Independent's one to watch. She was one of the Evening Standard's fresh faces of 2016. She was both nominated for the Chortles Best Newcomer and Best Character Improv Sketch Act. She is seen on Sky One's Rovers and ITV2's Eleven-ish, and on Channel 4 and on BBC3. We love her, and you will too. Welcome to the stage, Lolly Adifopi! <laughs> you Lali? I'm so nice thank you so much for having me. I've only seen you for the first time recently mm. and I have to admit I'm feminist but when John Ronson saw your show in Edinburgh last year and he praised it I was so jealous <laughs> I was like I love him and uh, I should have seen the show and then I saw you recently and it was so funny and thank you, you so do so you do characters so you're both you're all of the f- feelings on stage you're all these different yeah um, I think well last year I did a character show that was just characters pretty much and it was because I hadn't been doing comedy for very long and what I'd written and what I was doing at gigs was just silly characters and like doing silly voices and writing jokes and then so my Edinburgh show was just like a, a compilation of all of those characters and then I got some reviews that were kind of because there was like a moment in the show where I play myself and I make a, a tiny joke about how it's really hard to be a black female comedian but I don't like dwell on it because that wasn't what the show was about and then I got some reviews that were kind of like she, do- she does talk about race a bit but it would have been more interesting to hear her talk about that a lot more and then there were other reviews that were kind of like she doesn't even talk about race and that is great because you don't have to talk about race if you don't want to and so um, this year's show is kind of a mixture of doing characters and playing myself but I think the point is kind of I should be able to do whatever I want in my comedy mm-hmm. and like if someone wrote a show about like a parent dying no one would say 
oh, but why don't you talk about your other parent and, and how, how they felt in the situation? But for some reason, everyone always has to be like, the thing is, I see everything, and you didn't actually mention that one thing that I think that you should have mentioned. Um, so, so this, yeah, this year is kind of playing myself so that I can, like, sort of shine a light onto those kind of comments that I get, and then also playing characters to show that I can do whatever I want. <laughs> if I want, if it's funny. How much do you think you do filter your anger through comedy? Like, how much is it a useful valve for anger, I suppose? For me, it's, like, the only way I can deal with stuff. Like, when Orlando happened and Julia Hartley Brewer wrote that article and she was like, maybe Owen Jones has more in common with ISIS than he thinks. And then I wrote this tweet that was like, be yourself, Julia Hartley Brewer, because Katie Hopkins has already taken. And I sent it to, I sent it to my friends. And I was like, is this funny? And she was like, it is funny, but also a tragedy has occurred and maybe we don't always have to make jokes about it. And I was like, I, I don't know how to not just... Partly being a comedian people expect it and partly being a black female person people will expect a comment I sometimes feel that weight of you're a woman in comedy speak for all women in comedy mm. speak for every female experience and mm. you always get asked if you ever interviewed it's a sort of running joke between female comedians that it will automatically what's it like be, what's it like being yeah. a female comedian I can't really tell you what it's like being Dawn French or Jenny Claire mm. or Sarah Silverman I mean I'm sure they've got quite different experiences so it's really hard for me to say how much is that more exacerbated by being a black female comedian I think with things like interviews I don't, think, I don't think anyone's ever asked me anything about race, even though I'd love to answer questions about it. Right. <laughs> but, Except me right now. Yeah, yeah. Am I the first to bring yeah. it up? I love it. Do you think they're too scared? They're too scared to say I do, Yeah, plan. I think I'd expect it more. I think people are more willing to just like write a comment in a review, like the things about, I oh, shouldn't mention it, rather than actually debate something where it will show right. that they're maybe quite stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I would get like when I first started out my reviewers would all be saying she doesn't really mention being Danish and then they would give suggestions for jokes and be like she could wear like a jumper like Sarah Lund in The Killing <laughs> and she could do jokes about that thank you Bruce Dessau that would you be could. very funny. <laughs> actually it was a great idea <laughs> <laughs> <Down, down, down. laughs> um, today Phil Jupiter suggested to me that you do a show called Smorgasbrod like smorgasbord I said I know what hmm? she's going to say okay. what are you going to say and I'll tell you I'll write it down <laughs> and then does it have anything to do with the nationality of the original term smorgasbord it is yeah okay so what so I would say that smorgasbord is Swedish yeah wait wait, wait, wait. <laughs> But then he's probably going to be like, oh, but actually, in the 1600s, the Swedes were a bit of this, actually Danish. No, he just he, he just acknowledged that his inaccuracy. Oh, okay, and, good. Uh, yeah, absolutely. His incompetence. No. Um, and if you're listening, Phil, we love you. Uh, and you're incompetent. How... <laughs> I was reading an article by a black woman in America and she was saying there's a stereotype in America that black women are angry and so she said any time that she gets annoyed, rightfully annoyed like anybody would be annoyed mm. and so she's sort of taken something back to a shop and they won't accept it even though she's got the receipt and they're, they're just, you know, a normal thing that anyone would get annoyed about. She said she feels she can't get annoyed because then she's an angry black woman. Yeah. But I think that's a stereotype all over. It's not necessarily just mm. in America. Do you feel but, that pressure? Yeah, but I, I'm sort of like a bad example of it because I I think if I'd like grown up with loads of black friends or something, I went to like quite a posh 
all-girls grammar school where there were, like, three black girls in the school. And so all of my friends were white, posh girls. And, like, sometimes, like, my mum would, like, go to a shop and, like, take something back and, like, call such a fuss. Me and my brothers would be like, oh, my gosh, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> and, and because I've sort of, like, seen the way that other people look at people who are angry and black and sort of been like, well, I'm not going to be that. I'm just going to be this funny, cool girl <laughs> who doesn't do that. But then, like, now that there are more, like, think pieces and people talking about stuff like that, it does make me more, like, willing to be angry. But, like, you kind of have to, like, quantify it and be like, no, but I am aware of the angry black girl stereotype and I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm just being angry. <laughs> <laughs> It's really hard being me. <laughs> no, I, I haven't, I haven't read. I, I don't know if this is true, but I get a feeling because so that's the stereotype of the angry black woman. And the stereotype about like angry feminist women. That's more like if women are angry, they're hysterical. It kind of feels like it's going up in steps. Is that because in level of who sh- deserves to be the angriest? Like, black women yeah. have way more to be angry about than yeah. uh, feminists who have way more to be angry about than women who don't know about feminism. So I feel like yeah. that, like, those stereotypes is, like, there to make us shut up. Yeah. Because we don't yeah. want to be the stereotypes. We'll just, oh, no, fine, just yeah. keep the receipt or whatever. Yeah, I think also it's, it's the people who are creating the stereotype, I guess, are straight white men. Like you were saying, the different levels, I guess it's, like, the different levels of things that they don't understand. So, like they don't understand what it's like to be a woman and also they don't understand what it's like to be black mm. so that it's just them giving an excuse for why they're not going to dwell on your issues and they're just going to mm. make it your issue and something that you have to deal with rather than an issue that they've obviously created it's yeah it's quite funny really in a way isn't it a sort of posh white men going every time i see a black woman she's angry <laughs> and yeah. i'm there yeah. i don't think those things are related <laughs> Self awareness, David, really, isn't yeah. it? There was um, a guy I did um, a show called The Last Leg the other day, and I was talking about the EU. And then they asked me a question, they're like, What was the atmosphere like? And I said, Lots of like middle aged white men just running around not knowing what to do. And then I was sat next to Stephen Mangan, and he realised that on the panel of people on the show was just all white men. And I was like, Oh, I, again, I'm surrounded by. Uh, old white men and then someone tweeted at the show being like I, I, absolutely ridiculous that she was allowed to say uh, that she was surrounded by old white men I would have been ambassador if I said the opposite and I was like no but genuinely if you ever get the chance to say I'm surrounded by six young black women at nine o'clock on channel four like you can say it whatever you want <laughs> yeah when was the last time you were really angry Lolly? Yesterday, uh, <laughs> when the whole thing happened with Brexit, I don't know if you know about Brexit. Um, <laughs> and then there were so many people who were posting on Facebook saying, like, people who voted leave aren't necessarily racist, which I've come to terms with and finally agree. But <laughs> I feel like no one is acknowledging the fact, well, maybe some people are, but not, a lot of people on my Facebook feed aren't acknowledging the fact that people who voted leave did so and aligned themselves with a campaign that was racist. And was that that? I thought that was like, mm, no way. Um, and just like everyone, like all the stuff that's happening now, all the, like the racist attacks that are happening, everyone knew that was going to happen if Leave won. And the people who voted Leave were kind of like, no, but I did it for the economy. I did it because Turkey might join the EU. I did it because of whatever. I did it because of the fishermen. And it's like, yeah, but. 
is, did that really affect you more than what you're seeing now mm. and you were still able to go out and do that I get that we don't have to we shouldn't turn against each other and we shouldn't point fingers and be like it was your fault you did all this but it's kind of mad that no one's being like the Leave campaign was racist and if you voted for it whether or not you think you're a racist you've aligned yourself to something that is racist and you have to like you have to say I did it for the economy but I knew that this was going to happen and I was fine with that is kind of what I think and if you're if you're listening at home in the future um, where we live Brexit has just happened uh, when was the last time you were really angry Sophie? Uh, Okay, this is so Sex in the City, but it was because of a boy. And uh, here's the thing. So we've been dating for a while. And uh, <laughs> everything's going fine, texting every day. Da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden he went completely quiet for like a week. And I was texting him, he didn't text me back. Completely quiet, completely nothing. So I wrote him, hey, by the way, is anything, you know, is something wrong? Because... It feels like something happened at some point, and if I've done something, I'd like to talk about it, and if not, if you're just not interested anymore, that's also fine. It's just whatever. Just kind of let me know what's, what's happening. And he said, Chillax, Max. <laughs> Your racism story is looking pretty stupid now. Hey, Lolly. <laughs> so wet. It was just, it was the only thing that rang in my head when you said angry. I was like, I remember that as being, I saw red. <laughs> like, one thing is telling someone to relax, but telling someone to chillax? Hardline, hardline. Like hard a line, grown man with a job telling me to chillax. Chillax? Chillax Max, not just chillax. Chillax Max? Chillax Max. <laughs> Yo! So I yelled, this is the thing, so I yelled a lot uh, in like all caps. Uh, and then he said, oh, you're so crazy. I was like, okay, well, you're, you're going you're gonna to see crazy now because <laughs> you're going to absolutely die. And I just because that was that thing of like, I was like reading your text back to see, have I said something weird? No, no, it's all very reasonable. And then I started wondering, should we all just chillax Max? <laughs> I hope, I hope he dies in Edinburgh. Uh, like his show. No, wait. No, no, his comedy show dies. Like, he doesn't get laughs. Not like that's no, I was going to say, that's, that's it extreme. Sounds really, it that's sounds really, yeah, it's yeah, really. I hope he dies. I hope falls under a bus. I hope he's just on vacation. That'll show me about a chalaps, Max. <laughs> Uh, do you have any quote? That was one very eager there. Let's do that one. When you're angry about something and you're upset because you're angry, do you find that people often misinterpret and they think you're crying because you're upset or you're crying because you're embarrassed, but you're not. You're crying because you're angry. Yes. I never, I never cry, though, as well. Because crying is so like personal and emotional, obviously. People assume that you're, you're the one with the issue and they never want to make it about them because they feel fine and they don't feel they need to cry is kind of annoying because it's you opening up and being emotional and it's the kind of thing that people should look at within themselves to react to but they kind of maybe push it away and think oh she's just crying because she's mad and this isn't my issue I remember seeing the first time I saw like a real life fist fight between two men 
they often cry when they do that, like of anger, because they get so. And I just want to say, Fight Club lied. Like in all the movies, when men fight, they're like just angry and blah blah blah. But then in real life, they're so angry that they're like crying, like and then like holding each other, and it doesn't look like fighting in the movies. And I thought, this is bullshit. We've been taught that. <laughs> I've never seen crying fighting men. Have you not? Uh, I don't yeah. think I've seen that many fighting uh-huh. men, have you? Yeah, so Crying so. fighting men. Because they yeah. get so... Mm-mm. Yeah, it just gets pent up in them. And then when they can't punch, when they get like pulled away, they, they just like... Burst yeah, really? Because yeah. the testosterone's up and they can't punch, so they cry. Or they're I embarrassed. I wouldn't pay to see that. That <laughs> sounds awesome. I, I get it, and it's debilitating. So when I tried to do my angry my angry read out my angry thing that I'd written on the way here in the cab I knew I would cry and I was really trying to stop myself because I was like no be angry but that's how it comes out for me and I was like why can't you sound angry why do you have to sound upset because I think then other people if you're angry with someone and then it feels like a weapon I think it feels like an emotional weapon to go you upset me now and then they have to calm you and then that's their job so that's why I think people dislike it um, so I tried to force myself as I spoke on towards the end to actually get angry and sound angry and I think if I did it a few times which I won't uh, but if I, <laughs> if I read that out a few times I could start to do it in a more angry way but I think that's other people's fault though I think that's like you being angry then crying is not bad in any way but just that we're conditioned to see like someone crying as a sign of weakness. Crying is like anger 2.0. It's like like the fact that you've gone to that stage. I know. I do know what you mean, but I wonder if it's something with me where it's almost so I don't show hostility. I'm internalising the anger and I'm turning it in on myself because I don't want to go, you... You fucked up. It's your fault. I don't like mm-hmm. you. So I start going, but, 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 you know, and actually yeah. I want to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm not pointing at anyone. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> guys, you're fine. Sorry. She was no, just... no, 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 this is a metaphorical you. you know. uh, but yeah, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think I should learn to be able to sound angry without crying. So I'll, pr- I'll probably read this once a day until I can get it in a really angry, out loud, in, until I can get it into a really angry voice. And then I'll just start doing it from a loud hailer on the top of a London bus, uh, you know, until I can really kind of go. Because I want to be able to. I want to be able to not go, I'm angry with you because you hurt my feelings. I want to be able to go, no, I'm angry with you, not because you hurt my feelings, because you did something that I find unacceptable or now has consequences for me. I get that sometimes. If I I mostly have my uh, discussions over text because I don't function well with people. I think there's something about, like, if you complain or the, the second you're not compliant is that a word mm. then you're just being oh oh she's on her period or oh, she's really emotional or something like that because they just want to push away the like us being serious actual people with opinions mm. to be fair i am quite hormonal at the moment <laughs> um, uh, everyone close their eyes uh, women if you find it hard to express your anger at times go mm. Mm. if you never find it hard to express anger go mm. If you sometimes find it hard to express anger, go mm. Mm. Men, if you often find it hard to express anger, go mm. Sometimes. Never. <laughs> I just fell asleep halfway through. <laughs> um, and I just want to do one more. Men, everyone close your eyes. Men, if you've ever cried during a fight, a fist fight... <laughs> Could you go, mm. if you've ever fight, f- a cried during a fist fight, go, mm. Mm. <laughs>
feeling vulnerable. Uh, <laughs> so sorry. Uh, please give it up for Laliana Falpe. So we're all going to go and see your show, Lali. What's it called? Where can we see you and find out where we can see the show? Um, my show is in Edinburgh and it's called Lolly 2. I didn't know what the show was going to be about when I chose the title um, <laughs> and it's at six o'clock in the Pleasant's Courtyard lovely and where can we find you on Facebook or Twitter Twitter it's Lolly Adifope Lolly Adifope yeah. at Lolly Adifope follow her and she's going to do amazing jokes when she gets angry yes. she's amazing on social <laughs> she's media funny on the so on funny I'm so jealous so and John Ranson loves you he does <laughs> <laughs> and then I kick with him and he he didn't tweet about me <laughs> I told um, him not to. I tweet about you, Sophie. Yeah, you have like what eleven followers. <laughs> now I'm gonna punch you in the face, and it has nothing to do with anybody's grandfather. Be angry, be angry. Um, uh, quickly follow me, gang. Quickly follow me at Deborah FW. At Deborah FW. Quickly. Uh, Sophie, did you plug your thing? No, I didn't. Well, plug it. Hurry up. I'm on Twitter at Sophie Hagen. S O F I E H A G E N. And uh, Facebook. And I have another podcast called Comedians Telling Stuff, which is just about comedy and comedians and stuff. So if you're not, if you're into that, Deborah's been on it. I have. Uh, Lolly won't be because it's over now, not because I don't want you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, and then I, uh, I'm doing a new show called Shimmer Shatter, and I'll be doing it in, do it in Edinburgh, I'll do it on tour in the UK, I'll do it some places in Europe, we don't quite know uh, where yet, and then definitely Denmark next year. So uh, please come and see it, I really like the show. Uh, I'm, it's a sad show, but I like that. So <laughs> I saw a preview of it and really made me laugh, and then at the end it made me cry. Yeah, of anger. And then Sophie, no, it made me cry, and then Sophie couldn't look at me or yeah. hug me, or she had to turn yeah. away because I was showing human emotion. It was so. Uh, <laughs> you were so gross. You can't cry either. You're not that of your cries. No. Cry. You no. Well, very occasionally. But, yeah, it's very rare. Well, next time you come on, we'll talk about crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what do you have to flag there, Brian? I am doing a podcast called Global Pillage, which you can find at globalpillage.net. Uh, please listen to that. It's a diversity-based comedy panel show and very funny, all the questions about cultural diversity. And I'm also doing a Radio 4 series called Deborah Francis White Rolls the Dice. And that will be out in September, October this year on BBC Radio 4 and Listen Again. And it's true stories about my real life, about finding my biological mother, leaving a cult, finding my biological father. Big stuff's happened to me. I'm whoring it on Radio 4. (laughs) (laughs) At Deborah FW, please follow me immediately. (laughs) Uh, Find us on Facebook. We have an amazing Facebook group called the Guilty Feminist Podcast. It's a very supportive, uh, amazing safe space full of intelligent people. It's a very nice place, I think, if you join that. I think you should follow us on Twitter at GuiltFemPod. And then I think you should rate and subscribe us on iTunes. Five stars, five stars. Or as many stars as you think it deserves. You go and rate it, Deborah. It's so. I'm not rating our own podcast. Who hasn't rated it? Are you going to go and rate it? Yes. Are you going to give it five stars? Yeah. I would if I were you. 
have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Sophie Hagen, Deborah Francis White, and our special guest, Valia Bicopo. Music was by Matt Hutch. The producer was Santa Lynch for the Spontaneity Show. Thanks to Zoe, Nether, and everyone at Pink Space, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this and other episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. I've cried at a fist fight. Yeah. Well, does this count? Someone punched me in the face and then I cried. <laughs> Darling, I can't bear it. <laughs> Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com